Welcome to the Sports Family Podcast. If you talk sports, you are definitely family with us. You can look for any one of our podcasts on iTunes in the podcast section or on SoundCloud. Just go ahead and search the Sports Family and you'll have a list of them there. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Sports Fam. That's F-A-M. Have all the links there and we'll be glad to show you the love right back. It's the reunion of the three amigos, Brandon Santiago, Rudy Ortiz, and yours truly, Big Daddy Victor Saragossa. And, of course, along with us, my son, VZ3, this episode right here is about the 2018 NBA Finals. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started with this thing for the fourth year in a row. The Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, not just the Warriors, but both teams. And now they are on the list with two other teams who have also made the Finals four years in a row, the L.A. Lakers and the Miami Heat. So with all this being said, to me, I mean, Rudy, you're a movie buff. Mm. And, you know. Film critic, Vic. Okay, I'm sorry. A film, film critic. critic. Excuse film me. Film critic, Rudy. Excuse me. Film critic. I criticize film. In other words, you're Mr. Netflix. You watch right. Netflix a lot. Okay? At the house so, chilling by myself. There you go. <laughs> Netflix and Rudy. There yeah. you go. And Brandon Santiago and also my son, I know you guys can appreciate this, so you'll see where I'm going when it comes down to this. Steve Kerr shows up to the Golden State Warriors. Now, in 2015, he took them to the finals and won. To me, it's almost like I'm watching Star Wars. Mm. 2015 was a new hope. 2016, it was the Empire Strikes Back. And my man, LeBron James, like he's my man, like I know him. You know, they win the championship. In 2017, it was Return of the Jedi. But is the Jedi KD or is it actually Stephen Curry? Oh, interesting. All right. So you have that little trilogy right there. So now when we get to this Star Wars, is it Rogue One? Is it The Last Jedi? Is it Han Solo? Oh, <laughs> you know? a, a I mean, Star Wars story. You, 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 the, the Phantom Menace? You know, the Phantom Menace. I mean, do we go back to that trilogy and start it all over? Because this is not the same Warriors we've seen in 2015. <laughs> Obviously, they've changed Force a bit. Awakens. It's not the, uh, you know, the, the, the 2016 team either that went 73 wins but lost the championship. And I know that one hurt. And it's not last year's championship either. This is a whole different team. But. They made it to the finals for the mm. fourth year in a row. Um, I'm sure you guys follow me what I'm saying here. Just the way it, it's right. almost like it was written in this way. And, of course, you're going to have all these people out there. Oh, the NBA is rigged. They write it out this way. This is what they want. If you thought it was rigged or scripted out, don't you think they would have picked other teams? Let me just throw this out there before we get down to the nitty-gritty and so on like that. If the Warriors win, can we say they are a dynasty? That it would be three championships yeah. in four years. If they lose, does it make them look bad? But they got there four times in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think the modern dynasty in the era of free agencies, in the era of like unprecedented player freedom, for the fact that the Warriors have been able to not only win potentially three championships in a row, but they've done it against maybe, like you said, really the greatest player of this era in LeBron James. I think you've got to consider it a dynasty. they got to win this one because, to me, in order to have a dynasty, you've got to win a back-to-back, and this will be that back-to-back. But I think, yeah, naturally, if they win, they win three out of four, then, you know, who knows what happens next year. You've got to consider this a modern dynasty. Dynasty, uh, you guys know. All right, here, here, I, I know how you feel, my, but go ahead and explain about, it. My go thing ahead. about dynasties, my thing about dynasties is that I understand, you know, that we do we do live in a modern age. 
where you know free agency and 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 other, a lot of other factors come into play that interrupt what I consider to be a true dynasty. But I feel like the last true dynasty in American sports were the Lakers from the early 2000s because they won three in a row. And I know that three may sound like some sort of arbitrary number, but I've yet to come across anybody to give me any parameters for a dynasty, so I get to create my own also. Since nobody else has one, I get to create one also. I feel like three in a row is the official dynasty in, in sports because you win one, good on you. You win two, now you're turning heads. When you win three, uninterrupted, that's three. That's that's the entire league knowing that you know you you won the first one, you won the second one, the third one around. You're basically putting the stamp on it, and you're telling everybody nobody had a chance. Even when you even when we won the first one, and you thought we had it, and, and you thought you had it next year, and when we won the second one, and you said we got lucky because it was back to back. This third one is the official stamp on this entire run, where we're, where a team is telling the rest of the league, hey. You can't mess with us. We are, we are the cream of the crop. I don't want to water that down, even though I know that the circumstances are different. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nod my head quietly and call them a dynasty because <laughs> I know that most people are going to make the argument that the circumstances have changed, free agency and all these things come into play. I just think that a true dynasty is three in a row because I think that, I think that you're really putting a stamp on your, on your presence, you know, uninterrupted. That's mm. part of what being a dynasty is uninterrupted you know you can't you can't be interrupted all the time and say that you're dominant no somebody got you somebody was able to figure out a, able to figure out a way to get you along the, to get you you know during your run so i'm gonna i'm gonna quietly nod my head yes it is it is a <laughs> dynasty i just i just don't mean it with all my heart yeah i'm gonna say it's a dynasty because i mean if other teams can use it that didn't win three in a row like or the early 2000s the patriots they won three out of four because the raiders and the buccaneers went and you know in between their Super Bowls, you know, and the Giants with their every even year, they won three. So, I mean, why not? Three and four years back to back? Why, why can't that be considered a dynasty? Yeah, by the new standards, yes, they can. Yeah, because yeah. they, yes, went, they, they got there four years in a row. So, I mean, that, 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 now how much does that take away from Cleveland that we know LeBron is going to do what, he, what he's going to do? Now, all these four years, not all four teams are the same. For that matter, not even the Golden State Warriors. You do have your, your core. They did add KD, you know, in there, and they did run that 73 win but did not win the championship. So they have an, uh, an accolade there. You know, when it comes to 73 wins, they have the most wins ever in the NBA. So I, that's why I would have to say, yes, they're a dynasty because they didn't win the championship. That, that kind of puts a little, you know, a little bird on them. But at the same time, they did accomplish something that year. And I know in this era now, well, they didn't win a championship. They don't got a championship. Doesn't really mean much. Okay. I'll give you that. But they made it to the finals four years in a row. That 73 win. They, they accomplished something there. And then the other three, if they win this year, that'll be three championships in four years. I'd have to say yes. And I'm going to say it loud. It is a dynasty. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think if we update everything in this world, we update our iPhones every day. Why can't we update our definition of what a dynasty is in this world, this day and age this is a dynasty. Dynasty. There's no other team you've seen have the dominance that the I think in American sports we haven't seen a team have the dominance that the Warriors have had over the past five years. We love dynasties for this era, for this time. This is a dynasty. All right. The Cleveland Cavaliers got to the finals for the fourth year in a row. The Golden State Warriors got there for the fourth year in a row. From what we've seen in the Eastern Conference Finals, they went seven games. From what we've seen in the Western Conference Finals, which they went seven games, and both uh, conferences have not gone seven games on the same year since I believe it was 1979 was oh, wow. the last time. It, there was no three-point shot back then. Okay, uh, That's okay. how far we're going back. All right? yeah. So it hasn't been done in, in that length of time. So anyway, 
Start with the whoever you want. The way the Warriors played against the Houston Rockets, if they played the same way, can they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers? And the Cleveland Cavaliers, the way they played in the seven-game series against the Boston Celtics, if they played the same way, can they beat the Golden State Warriors? Or what do they have to do to up one on each other? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with what the Warriors have brought to the table so far in, in this series with the Rockets. I, think, I do think that that, that in itself is going to be enough. I mean, every team is going to have to make adjustments going into a new series. I mean, you're not playing against, you know, you're playing against James Harden versus LeBron James. Once you see LeBron James, you're going to have to come at it a little bit differently. You're going to have to game plan for him. Um, but I do think that the way you saw the Warriors just kind of waking up in the second half recently, uh, playing their style of basketball, passing the ball around, you know, just having guys like Klay Thompson do what they do best, which is just catch the ball and shoot. As long as they don't, and this has always been the story with the Warriors, as long as they don't turn the ball over and, uh, and the other team decides to get, you know, they don't respond to the other team's physicality, as long as those two things don't happen, then the Warriors have more than enough manpower, more, more than enough firepower to play their style of basketball. I just don't think that the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers this year have the talent, uh, significant talent, significant help for LeBron James to keep up with them. So this style that they've been playing uh, in the second half, if they, can, if they can bring that same type of energy into, this, into the, the finals against the Cavs, I think they're going to be just fine. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm calling for a sweep. I think it's actually really? going to be four games to nothing. You know, I want to respect LeBron, and I want to say that he's going to pull one out somehow. But I just think this year is just way too much firepower for the Cavs. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to defense. One, uh, the Cavaliers' defense, you're going to see how bad of a defensive team the Cavaliers are when they face a team like the Golden State Warriors. I was really impressed with Houston's defense. I think that they, they're switching their ability to switch the way that they were able to communicate on defense and their rotations. I was impressed. They, they actually got better defensively as the series progressed. The Cavaliers do not have that kind of defensive talent. Those guys, in a lot of ways, are Olays. They just go, you, man, you pay the toll, you go right around. So I think defensively the Cavs aren't going to be able to stick with the Warriors. And then subsequently, the Warriors don't have to worry about much else on the Cavaliers' offense. The Warriors let LeBron James score 50 points a night. By game four, he'll be tired. But as long as you shut down every other role player, and most of the time those role players shut themselves down, but with that tenacious Warriors defense, I just don't – I'm not even – I don't even care if the Warriors score 70 points tonight. I think the Warriors are going to be able to beat the Cavaliers, and it's going to be based on defense. The Cavaliers ain't got the defense to stop the Warriors, but the Warriors do have the defensive prowess to stop every other player on that Cavaliers team except for LeBron James. Yeah, the Cavs don't have enough on defense to stop the Warriors, but like Rudy hinted at, if the turnovers keep coming and they keep playing that nonchalant, like not worried about it, we could – Go through the motions, and in the third quarter, you know, we could turn pick it, it up and turn it on. LeBron will make you pay. And I, me and my dad even talked about that during the Western Conference Finals, that if we do that against LeBron, he'll make us pay. I don't care if it's a one-man show. He is that good to make you pay. But as far as the Cavs offense, they're, he's going to need a lot more help. He's going to need Kyle Corbett and be hitting those shots. He's going to need J.R. Smith to be knocking down shots. Even help from Jordan Clarkson and, Jordan, and George Hill to be doing work because he – like you said, he's not going to be able to do it on his own. Playing that many minutes he did in the Eastern Conference Finals and in Game 7 playing 48 and only getting a few days rest and he needs to travel to come over here to the Bay to play, he's not going to be able to do it on his own. That's With the Warriors, I don't like them playing that ISO ball, but can they get away with it? Yes, because like you hinted at, the firepower that they have, they could get out of that funk and just give it a clay, give it a curry, move around without the ball, getting those assist numbers up. and uh, There's just too much for the Cavs to handle. I can only imagine LeBron James because we were talking about this earlier, VZ. How you know, yeah, the coach, the coach is the coach is on the court in in LeBron, right? I can only imagine that the the 
Cavs would have to come at this as if uh, this was the San Antonio Spurs playing against the Warriors. Now, I know that the Cavs don't have the same type of talent that the Spurs have even this year all around. I mean, they have LeBron, and that's a lot. But all around, they don't have, they don't have the, the spread-out talent. But one thing, that you, one thing that you did notice is when the Cavs played against the Warriors, they slowed the game down, and they, they tried to make it as physical as possible. You're just, the best thing you can do in this situation, it's like with Tom Brady, you've got to hit him. You've got to make him uncomfortable. Even if you're not going to sack him or even if, even if you don't disrupt the play, hit him. Put your hands on him. I think that that's the way that LeBron should approach this, this series. He might not do it every single game, but I think LeBron James' approach to this series is going to be, hey, look, I'm willing to lose this game if it means that I can come back fresh in the next game. Or I'm willing to, I'm willing to give up a little bit here to get a little bit more later on. I think that he's going to come at this. And I, I know that I'm giving him all the credit. I, I hate it when people do this. I know Steph Curry just mentioned this uh, the other night. You know, the other guys on this team, on the Cavs team, are NBA players too. Right. Um, but I think at this point, and I don't think they'd have it any other way in Cleveland, at this point LeBron is leading this team. And the, the, they're going to go the way that LeBron goes. So if I'm LeBron and if I'm Ty Lue, I'm getting together and I'm thinking about a game plan in which I'm physical, I'm slowing the game down, slowing the pace of the, uh, the game down. And, yes, I'm waiting for J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver to come out and drop these buckets because that is their only hope. LeBron is going to be LeBron, but he's going to need his help. So with all that being said, then, you want to see a more physical game, well, at least from, from, Cleveland. Uh, from, from Cleveland. Cleveland would have to play a little bit more physical game. They'd have to slow the game down just a little bit. So with that being said, should Steve Kerr rely more on his bigs that he's actually pretty much sat them down? I mean, yeah, Jordan Bell has played a few. You haven't really seen JaVale McGee play. My, my superstar, Zaza Pachulia, has not played at all. <laughs> but but he's been, but he's been, uh, he's been warming that bench like there's no tomorrow, boys. Super so, warm. You know, yeah, super warm. Green. Super warm because of him. So, anyway, with all that being said, in all seriousness, because you're going to slow it down, you want more physicality from the Cleveland Cavaliers. You need someone who's going to protect that paint. And even like a Zaza, who's a big man who, uh, you know, yeah, he can't cover anybody, but he's an obstacle. You have to get around him, which allows somebody. And they do. And they do, but, but hold on. But it allows the second man to come over to help out so they can double team him. Let LeBron run up against that because Zaza is not fast enough. JaVel McGee is not powerful enough. But if they stand their ground, they're going to get charge calls. And let LeBron foul as many times as he can. So with that being said, should Kerr change up a little bit against the Cleveland Cavaliers if that's their plan, is say if it is, to slow it down, be more physical, bring in your bigs to protect the paint more? Well, if you want charge calls, then leave in Kavon Looney and Jordan Bell because that's what's going to get it done. But with Zaza and JaVale McGee, they could go up and – I'm more leaning towards JaVale McGee starting of course to go are. back to that traditional – no, to go back to the traditional center hmm. to have that shot-blocking rim protector that we don't have and we haven't had since Bogut left. Or even a David West, too. David West is a mean dude in the paint, no, too. David right. West so, is a mean dude, but the way how we were talking about earlier with P.J. Tucker out-rebounding pretty much the entire Warrior squad, you don't think Tristan Thompson's going to do that? So why not go back to the traditional center and get you know JaVale McGee in there to box him out? Get some have of those his, boards. Have his length to hopefully affect LeBron James somehow or disrupt him and you know try to contain him. And I think, Vic, you spelled out the problem for the Cavaliers is that this series, every single player is disposable for Steve Kerr. The last year, I mean last series, the Rockets really, they played a style of game in which you could not absolutely play JaVale McGee or Zaza Pachulia. You mm -hmm. just couldn't right. because they were going to figure out a way to switch Zaza or JaVale onto James Harden. Uh, the Cavaliers, their offense is it's not built like that. They're, every single player is going to be disposable for, for Steve Kerr. 
And so the Warriors are going to be able to go maybe 10 or 11 deep mm-hmm. as opposed to 7 or 8 deep like they did in the last series. I don't think there's a recipe in which to – even if the Cavs were to slow it down, I would trust the Warriors to execute half-court offense better than the Cavaliers. So if you slow it down, I think the Warriors are still going to be a better offensively executed team than the Cavaliers. And then if you speed it up, LeBron James just doesn't have any help. I think the biggest thing is last year when LeBron James got tired, he was able to give it to Kyrie for six or seven minutes. And every Warrior fans know Kyrie Irving cooks Steph Curry. He doesn't have that. George Hill's not breaking Steph Curry down. You know, J.R. Smith and Rodney Hood, they're not going to be able to provide seven or eight minutes of offense. LeBron James is probably going to have to pay, play every minute of every game. So by game three, the question is less about do you think LeBron James can win a game? I think it's can LeBron James even survive the series if they get swept. By game three, do you see LeBron James saying, like, dude, this ain't even worth it. I got to play next year. Take me out. Like, I'm getting, you know, uh, maybe I do need to take a couple of minutes of rest. I don't think you can play 48 minutes for four games straight. I don't even think that's healthy for a 34-year-old. Yeah, and he might be without Kevin Love for this series because they don't know what's going to happen with him with the concussion protocol. Yeah. I just got to say something. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to say that, you know, uh, LeBron James is going to give up if they're down 3 nothing in game four. I, I mean, like the guy the guy came back from 3-1. to one. Um, He led that team coming back from 3-1. to one. I know Kyrie had the game-winning shot, but he led that team down from 3-1. He, he's he's – He's a class act in terms of in terms of um, being an example, exemplary basketball professional basketball player. I just don't see him. I don't see him giving up at any point. I mean, do I do I agree with you in terms of uh, this just being too much firepower for the Cavs? Yes, but I, I don't see them giving up. If they didn't give up at three one, I don't see any reason for them for him giving up at three zero. Even if he is I, leaving, I, even if he is leaving next year. I'm not saying morally LeBron James is going to give up on his team. I'm talking about physically. Like just, I'm talking about you're paying – this guy is 33 years old, and he's played the most minutes of any player in the NBA this season, and by far I, – I've read it today. I think he's played like 60 more minutes than any other player in the playoffs. So I'm not talking about LeBron James saying, you know, I give up because I'm not going to be able to win. I'm talking about physically can LeBron James sustain the level of play for four – to seven more games against a team like the Warriors. He also hasn't played a team like the Warriors in the East. That's not Toronto. That's not Boston without their two best players. So I'm just saying LeBron James, whether he wants to or not, there might be a point in time in this series where LeBron James realizes, like, yo, I don't have enough, and I don't know how to continue to elevate my play. At a certain point, you've got to realize, man, the other team is more talented. There is an element of LeBron James that that I think he kind of pulls from Greg Popovich and that's the fact that, you know, he doesn't show all his cards. So I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you t- we're talking about him not playing against a team like the Golden State Warriors in the East. They're not the Raptors. They're not the Celtics. I get that. But I think LeBron gets that also. And I think that if, if he is going to commit this season to be in the, the, the year where he plays the most minutes of his entire career in, what, year 15 uh, of, of his career, I think that he somewhere in the back of his mind, he had to have known that it was all, uh, it was all building up and accumulating to this moment which is them, the Cavs, versus the Warriors. So in the back of his mind, he must have been, he must have been somewhat prepared for this. I mean, otherwise, I don't think that, Oh, no. I, 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 I think, think he needed to win. I, I mean, he definitely wasn't going to win if he didn't play all the minutes. They me, wasn't going to beat 
uh, the Boston Celtics. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But he also, you know, they, if if we're talking about a calculating uh, person who needed to win, but also was doing it by himself, I mean, you know, there was room. There was room to spare. You know, he didn't have to go in as the number four seed. They could have went in. Uh, he could have took his foot off the gas, is what I'm saying, a little bit sooner and at different times. If he if he's truly as calculating as as I think that he is, you know, he could have took his foot number off the four, gas. That's a lot. You number four seed, you're in the bottom half. That means you. I think he. I commend LeBron James. I think he gave it his all with probably his worst supporting cast since 2007. And this physically, is, brother, you know. Yeah, and this is gonna be the most minutes he's played in the whole playoffs because he didn't go to one game seven. He went to two game seven. Right. The exactly. first series with Indiana. Then now in the Eastern Conference Finals, he had to go to seven. He was lucky with Toronto. They swept. Okay, but this is the most. This is gonna be the most grueling playoff series he's ever had out of his entire career just because of the amount of minutes and the amount of things he had to do for this team and going to game seven after game seven like it's just gonna be too much for him and his age i mean you know yeah. what i mean and his age you gotta think like you said 15 seasons that's a lot i don't care a million five million ten million dollars you spend on your body that's a lot of times that your knees are hitting that hardwood mm-hmm. very true i'm gonna make a statement and you guys tell me if you agree or disagree and why and what do the Warriors have to do to outbeat them. The Cleveland Cavaliers bench is better than the Warriors bench and they will outplay them. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's true. I think the Warriors with or without Andre Iguodala, with Sean Livingston, the way Jordan Bell showed up in game six and game seven, Kevon Looney, who probably will start. I think, you know, uh, VZ, you said JaVale McGee will be able to play in this series along with David West. I just think the Warriors bench, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to maybe add six or ten points to the lead, but the Warriors bench is going to come in and control the pace. That's the biggest weakness of Cleveland this year is they just don't. The deepest that they go is eight man, and you got Rodney Hood and Kyle Korver who are both also above the age of 30, and Kyle Korver has been doing it for a while. They just don't have any athleticism. They don't have a spark off that bench like they have had in years past. So I just think as long as the Warriors team plays consistent and usually that second unit comes in and calms the Warriors down, they don't turn the ball over as much, they're going to be able to maintain the lead that that first team has given them. I've said before that this is not a strength in numbers type of team the way it was in the past, but but they're not so depleted that that the bench isn't superior to Cleveland's bench. I mean, when we're talking about Cleveland, Cleveland not having any help or any support, significant help for LeBron. I mean, it, it goes it goes beyond the the starting five. You know, it definitely goes into that bench. The the, the talent just isn't there when you compare it to the guys that you mentioned, uh, Brandon. When you mentioned these guys, Sean Livingston, even without Andre Iguodala, they just. They just have too much firepower on that bench. And also, a lot of those guys on that bench, they haven't been playing. So when they do come in, they're going to they're gonna be in there yeah, even fresher. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna be in there even fresher and eager to show what they can do on the biggest stage that the NBA has to offer. So That's um, a good point. The, the Warriors bench is still superior to many benches. It's not what it used to be, but it's still superior yep. to many benches, including the Cleveland Cavaliers bench. Yeah, just piggybacking off of what both of you said, you know, I completely agree with both of you that our bench is more superior than the Cavaliers, just what we have to offer with, you know, what you said, Santi, even without Iguodala, you know, having Sean Livingston, you know, having, you know, a shooter like Swaggy P, having Quinn Cook even who came out, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, having JaVale McGee there, David West, just that experience that they've been there before, they've been on that stage, where compared to like a Larry Nance or Jordan Clarkson who haven't been there, you know, just, you know, that experience will go a long way. You know, I, I see our, our bench outplaying their bench. 
But now, going off of benches and the whole Warrior squad for a minute and going back to Dynasty talk a little, my question to you three is, is this Warrior squad altogether, not just the starting five, is this Warrior squad the best squad that we've had so far in this era? Or was it last year or the year before when we won 73 games but lost in the finals or our first championship? I'm going to go with last year's team being the best one of the four. Um, I just think that the, the first year, first year was magical. We're all going to love that. The second year was the year that never was, really, because they were one game away from cementing themselves as the greatest NBA team in, in history. Um, but they weren't able to accomplish it. And that blemish, although, it, I, although it, it's, it, it's one loss, you know, losing game seven is one loss, but it meant so much more. It meant this idea of the Warriors being uh, lined up with, you know, one of the uh, uh, with the, the, the title of the greatest ever um, that crumbling. I, I think I think that that's that's a glaring blemish that is hard to it's like having a pimple, one pimple, but it's right on your forehead <laughs> on prom night. And it's like, oh, yeah. man, why can't I get it like on my chin or yeah. like behind my ear or something like that? You got it right on yeah. your forehead on, on prom night. So I'm going to go with last year's team being the best one of the four. And um, I think obviously with the addition of KD that that stands alone. But it wasn't just the addition of KD. It was a, 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 a refreshing type of um, aura that the team had after losing Game 7 to the Cavs. They come in with KD. People know what time it is. You, you're, you're talking about redemption. You're also talking about uh, uh, the possibility of this team being better than, than last year's team. And then things start clicking, and everybody's just feeling good all year long. Everybody's feeling like this is the greatest decision ever made. The Warriors at the top of the heap when it comes to organizations and American sports. Everything was clicking. And then for them to see Cleveland again in the finals and win it convincingly, KD getting the MVP, everything just happened to fall in the right place last year. And even if they pull it out this year, um, I don't think you'll be able to duplicate the feeling of, uh, of last year's entire season. Yeah, that's a good question, though, VZ. I, I think, one, I, I'm going to answer it kind of unorthodox. I think next year's team is going to be the best Warriors team we've seen. I'm going to tell you why in a second. But I got to admit, yeah, yeah, comparatively speaking, last year to this year, last year's team had just come off that grueling loss. They just picked up Kevin Durant. And there was an excitement because I don't think the Warriors had ever seen an accumulation of talent like they saw last year. This year, they kind of thought that, the, you know what, hey, we've already arrived. We, we just show up and we win. And I think we've seen that to an extreme level. I think this year's championship is going to still feel great because I think they were challenged in a way they weren't challenged last year. I think this game seven, when I already feel better about this championship last year, because I'm like, yo, we had to earn it against a really good Houston team. And if we go on and sweep the Cavs or win in six or even win in seven, yeah, a part of the story, like Steph Curry says, is the fact that we had to earn it. But I do think that next year with how aggressive – that Joe Lacob is and Bob Myers is that they're going to realize, yo, we got to get younger. I think it was a mistake to retain, even though I know he's your guy, Zaza Potato Chip. <laughs> I don't think he should have been. On, I don't think he should have been on this roster. I think David West is going to retire. So the Warriors next year, I think, are going to be younger and probably more versatile. I, I really do believe that we'll be able to get the Rudy definition of a dynasty next year if go. we win this year, because I think that they're going to be aggressive in getting pieces that fit, and I think Steve Kerr is going to have to pull a different lever to motivate these guys. I think the Warriors feel a little disrespected. I don't know about y'all, but I've been I, I watched Colin Coward's day talk about how he thinks the Warriors aren't what they thought they were, and they're a fraud, and yeah, they won, but they're soft. They're the softest, greatest team ever. The Warriors are going to listen, 
And so I think after they get through this series with Cleveland, there's going to be a, a real deep investigation of what this team needs. So I think, shockingly so, the best is yet to come. But comparatively speaking, for the last four years, there was something magical about last year. It was revenge. You know what, Santi, only because you said that, I'm, I'm going to say this, if Zaza does not play in these finals and they win the championship, this year has an asterisk on it. <laughs> only because Zaza ain't playing. I, I'm standing with it. Zaza, Zaza, Zaza. I'm staying with it. But to answer my son's question, VZ, let me, let me throw this out to you. I'm just going to throw names. And then you guys are going to go, oh, ooh, watch. The reason why I say the 2014-15 year was the one and that team Thank you. is because Kerr came in and said, okay, this is what I have to work with. A foundation was already made. Right. Got to give it to Mark Jackson. A foundation was already made. You could only make one foundation. From there, you can rebuild a home over and over and over and over. But when the foundation is lit and it's mm. laid out and you're going to run, and, and I'm not even going to throw the stars out there. Let me just throw these names in for different reasons. Mm. Leandro Barbosa. We're going to be championship. Harrison, Bar- Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut, Festus Azili. Says he fell. All right. David Lee. Sean Livingston's still on the team, but I'll throw his name in there. Brandon Rush, Rush. Maurice Spates. Mo Buckets. I- I'm not even going to throw the stars out there. These guys is the reason why we won that 2014-15 championship. That's the reason why, to me, that that, that one is a little bit brighter because then the following year, let's go for 73 wins. We can do this because Kerr was like, hey, I've been on the Bulls. I know what it's all about. Let's make it happen. But, damn, they didn't win the finals. The following year, we already know what we did to get here. We're here again. Let's go win a championship. Now we got KD, return of the Jedi. Boom, we make it happen. Oh, now we're here four years. This is beautiful. This is lovely. We are spoiled. That's why we love it. 2014-2015 2014-2015 championship run. That team is the one that shines the brightest. That team, hands down, is the best bench we've ever had yes. in this four years. For uh, that reason. Hands that down. I'll, I'll that argue that anybody that's yeah. Brandon Rush, I think you missed. Did you? I said, said Brandon, Brandon Rush. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's impressive. I forgot how deep we were that year. Oh, that, that, yeah. That's an impressive deep team right there. That it is. Without, I mean, your boy Mo Chalupas. I remember he's calling that on the <laughs> Mo Chalupas. Mo Chalupas. I miss him still. And you know, I, and you know me, I like the old school, you know, traditional center, that rim protector, dominant force in the paint. We had that with Bogut, and then when he had, when he needed a break, you have Fizzy Fell coming in, right? And then Barbosa yep. to shoot with B Rush, and Justin Holiday even could shoot. Like, oh my man, God. I'm getting happy talking about that. <laughs> I might want to go back and watch the DVD of that team. Man, that's no, the you know best that, bench and best team point. we've had. Yeah, we've never made up for the loss of Andrew Bogut. Even though we've still have been a good defensive team, Andrew Bogut allowed us to be maybe one of the best defensive teams in the past 20 years. Right. We never made up for that loss. We don't have that traditional rim protector. Vic and VZ, I, I think now that you're listing it out, that was a heck of a team. Mm-hmm. I do think that you were going to trade off some when you finally got Kevin Durant. Like you're not going to be as deep, inevitably. But I wonder what that team would have done. Now I'm just talking straight hypotheticals. What that 2014-2015 team would have done against a team that's as top-heavy as the Warriors and not as deep. Those were some names, Vic. I forgot about Mochi yeah, and, 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 and you know me, dude. I always got to go with a food analogy, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> hit us with the chalupa. Don't always know. I'd love to hit you with that, but don't always look at the frosting of a cake. Look at the ingredients to see how good it tastes. Right. What's Ooh. underneath the frosting? Ooh. See, well, that was deep, wasn't it? It might be carrot cake. That was a Hallmark moment. Yes, it was. <laughs> it might be red velvet. It might be carrot. I don't know. You got to bite <laughs> you into it. You never know. And even in that series, David Lee came off the bench because he was yeah. hurt during right. the season. Yeah. So even yeah. you could count him as a bench player and then they started him towards the end with Iguodala to turn things around 
testament to Steve Kerr changing yes. things up and adapting on the fly. So, like I said, that team was something else. Yeah, it definitely is, man. So, anyway, let's go ahead and finish off this podcast this week. We're going to come back together, obviously. Game one is going to be Thursday at Roracle. This is going to be awesome. Game two at Roracle on Sunday. And then uh, we'll try to figure out when we can all get back together again and maybe do one right in the middle. Oh, we got to. Or if they go with the sweep, Please. you know, right when it's over yes. with, we'll run with it there. But we'll finish off with this. You can even add a second one if, if it complements the first one. But what's one key thing that the Warriors need to do I'm not going to say a sweep, just to win the series, period. One, one key thing, if there's two keys, that second key, if it complements the first one, so be it. But one key thing that you would love to see from the Warriors so they can go ahead and get this series. One thing I'd like to see from them is for them to make sure to take care of the ball and not give the ball up unnecessarily Amen. and not give up any yeah. points that yeah. can become crucial later on down the line yeah. when LeBron feels like – if LeBron feels like he's within striking distance yeah. and, and, and basically uh, quarterback the rest of the fourth quarter. Because I've seen that many times from LeBron, not just against the Warriors. But I just I, – I, I want them to just be more careful with the ball so that they don't give away – any extra possessions and any extra points that the Cavs have not earned on their own. That's my that's my one key for this uh, for this series. Those are some great keys. I think for me, I definitely uh, agree with that. The Warriors have to figure out a way to not let the game go to the final four minutes where LeBron James could take over. But for me, the Warriors' biggest enemy in this particular finals is going to be lethargy and complacency because I think they know that they're better than the Cavaliers. And we know what happens when the Warriors know that they're better than the other team. We've seen it time and time again this season. They come in flat. They take their foot off the pedal, and they think they can flip that proverbial switch. So I, I think the biggest thing is the Warriors have to fight against that complacency, and they got to realize the place in history that they can take if they win this series. And I'm not giving it away. I'm not saying that they're going to win. You know, it's a foregone conclusion because you never know what could happen. But I do think that if the Warriors can realize the place in history that they can take if they win this, I think they'll be okay. And then, you know, secondary is if they shut down the others, let, let LeBron James do his thing, but shut down the others, I think they'll be in good shape. The monkey for me would be remembering how they got there with their style of play. Like they could go ahead and feed KD, you know, keep feeding him the ball, let him go in this ISO, you know, back to the basket. But don't forget who you are. Don't forget mm -hmm. how you guys got there. Like he, with the ball movement, passing around, pass up a good shot for an even greater shot, and you know just have that ball movement and you know pay back off what you guys said. Don't get complacent and those nonchalant passes, those turnovers. We keep all that in check. I don't see why not. Why we can't yeah, pull? It. They well, should well, have it in four. Yeah, I don't see why we can't pull yeah, it out and skip. Possible. Yeah, and skipping past predictions because I'm pretty sure we're all predicting the Warriors to win, whether it's 4-0 or a 4-1, which E40 likes to coin that as a gentleman sweep. Right. But now. <laughs> My question, instead of a prediction of who you guys feel will win, who would you guys be predicting for the finals MVP? We had mm. we had Iguodala and we had Durant. So who would you guys pick as finals MVP, being that the Warriors pull it out? Who do you predict? I'm going to go, you know, one, one thing that, that I've thought about um, since last year's finals is, yes, what, what Santi mentioned earlier, um, and that was uh, Kyrie just cooking uh, uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, cooking um, the chef. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really think that that's always going to be something that you know a lot of a lot of ba basketball fans are going to remember that, and they're always going to say, yeah, but you know, Kyrie used to cook Steph back in, the, you know, that's always going to be something that's going to come up in table conversation. So with that being said, no Kyrie, um, I think that Steph gets a chance to actually stretch his legs a little bit, and maybe he's the one 
That that's the ignition on the uh, that's the 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 gas on the fire this time. Uh, instead of it being KD like instead of it being KD the way it was last year, maybe this is the year that that Steph comes back and says, "All right, I'm gonna play my style. Just give me the ball. Go on. Just just start lighting up the scoreboard." Curry finally gets his. Curry finally gets his in the finals, okay. and I, I I don't see I don't see uh I don't see anybody like Kyrie in his way. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody stopping stopping Steph. I don't think they have the guy or or the the scheme to stop Steph if they really wanted to. I think maybe Steph is the is the guy who gets the MVP this year. I think Rudy, you're going to be right. I think it's going to be Steph. I want it to be Steph, but I think it, you know just for the sake of the podcast, giving maybe an outside the box answer. If Draymond Green, because there's no Andre Iguodala, maybe for the entire series, if Draymond Green somehow, some way does played the best defense of his life against LeBron James. And this guy, you know, averages a triple-double like he did in that series against the Pelicans. I think you might see the first-ever MVP who averages less than 12 points a game. And just because of the tenacity that he's going to come into this series with, because I think he knows he didn't play his best series, I think there's a possibility that Draymond Green might be that rare defensive MVP for the finals that we haven't seen in years. If, because Andre Godal doesn't play, he can play good defense against the King. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you on that one, Santi. I'm definitely going to pick Draymond Green for the reason that if they learned anything from the Houston Rockets, P.J. Tucker was just a beast on the boards. You know, and then you also had Gordon, who was, you know, one of the smallest dudes on the crowd in the group. And he was still, you know, out rebounding him as well. So if you get them rebounds, offense or defense, Draymond really has to step up his game. Even if he only scores four or six points, I don't care. Give me those rebounds and help with the assist. I know he loves to get them triple doubles, but if you get at least a double double, but with rebounds and assists. I really do believe that Draymond can take that next step. Now, of course, I'm going to add on to what Santi just said or, or repeat what he just said if Andre Iguodala is not healthy because Andre Iguodala is the man that can actually, we've seen it before, that can stop yeah. or slow down LeBron James, even if he's not 100% healthy because LeBron is a little older now. Yes, he might have put in millions of dollars into his body. He's not a machine. Right. (laughs) He is a human and he is going to wear down. And we've seen it already in this last series against Boston. Yes, they won. But I really do believe that just uh, the Warriors are a little too much. If Andre can do it, I mean, if Andre cannot do it, I do believe Draymond Green will get his. I'd love to see Steph Curry get his MVP. That'd be be lovely. I mean, that just just puts, you know, the cherry on top of the cupcake. There I go with food again. But but Draymond, I believe, is going to be the MVP. No cupcakes for KD, man. (laughs) You don't want that. He's rebuking all cupcakes. Well, I'll go with my MVP. I mean, I would love to see, you know, Curry get it as well. You know, just like you said, the cherry on top. That will just be awesome for him. And then I would even love to see Draymond get it for all the haters out there that hate on my boy Draymond. You know, I love his style of play. It's like an old school style of play that you don't see no more. But I would have to pick Klay Thompson to be the MVP because you see what he did game six in Oklahoma when we were down 3-1. We had to come back. He just had a monster game. Game six this year, he had a monster game. And even game seven, picking up three fouls in the first four minutes. But being able to stay in the game and contribute still and shoot the lights out, I mean, you let him get in rhythm. You let him do his thing. You know, he's like a peacock. You let him spread his wings. You Mm. let that boy fly. (laughs) So I would love to see Klay Thompson, you know. Peacocks don't fly, though. Hey, but according to Marshawn Lynch, I mean, you let him fly. He's a peacock. You got to let him spread his wings. So I would love to see Klay Thompson, you know, just hit them threes. Get that MVP. 
All right, cool. Well, any final thoughts, gentlemen, so we can close this off? I do want to say, I do want to say that as a Warriors fan, somebody who's been following the team for years, um, like many of us have, we remember the the terrible times. So I do think that it should be a Warriors tradition that every uh, every time that the Warriors hit, hit the the finals before the series begins, we should all take some time as Warrior fans on our personal time, just sit there and reflect. And think about all the terrible years in the past. Think about all the trashy seasons, all the crappy teams, all the insults, being the bottom of the barrel joke of American sports for a while. People literally not even knowing where you played. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's. It, I think it would just be good to be a reflective if you're a Warriors fan because that's the only way that you're going to always continue to be grateful and actually appreciate and have fun. Have fun watching your team fight for a championship that should be a warrior fans tradition hey that's tight rudy and i think i'm gonna go the exact opposite direction (laughs) is that you know to be honest as a warriors fan i don't feel like there's a really a win in this situation if the warriors sweep the Cavs, they're supposed to sweep the Cavs. if somehow some way lebron james goes the fifth sixth seventh game i just think that this is one of those awkward moments for a championship team where everyone's already penciling in the Warriors as winners. And so I just want to see how how we respond. If the Warriors do sweep, is it going to be what you said, Rudy, is the opposite of what you were imploring us to do? Are we just going to be like, yeah, well, we were supposed to. I'm really curious to see if the Warriors win, what the feeling is and the celebration is in the Bay Area. Because I hope that it's not that. I hope that Bay Area fans aren't just expecting a victory. Because no matter who you're playing against, you have to be playing against one of the greatest players ever. No matter who you're playing against, it's never easy to win a series. So I'm curious, man. I just I want to see how this all plays out. Honestly, just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride that we're about to be on. You know, four years in a row. You know, that's something none of us thought would was even possible. Come on, man. Before all of this yep. happened with Bob Myers and everyone, Mark Jackson coming in, the foundation, and everything. Joe you know, Lakeup. Joe Lakeup. You know, just just enjoy the ride. You know, let's just enjoy it. Have fun with it. You know, like, you know, the old saying goes, all good things must come to an end, but it ain't going to come anytime soon. Right. So there enjoy, it is. So enjoy what, you, what we have now. Let's keep on enjoying it. All of Dub Nation, get ready. You know, out there in Roracle, a.k.a. Splash Mountain, with Mr. Fab likes to crown it for the home of the yeah. Splash Brothers of the Splash family now. And, you know, let's just get ready for a parade in Oakland again. I love it. I love it. I'm ready. Well, Brandon Santiago, always a pleasure, my brother. We got to do this way more often. And Rudy's a superstar now, so whenever he's around in town, yeah, too, I, brother, so. I almost got 3,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, killing on, the, I'm killing the game. They all waiting for you to tell your first funny joke. I'm killing the game right now, man. <laughs> but anyway, kind of somewhat, I guess you could say, the reunion of the three amigos. And this feels good, man, gentlemen. I got to tell Most you, definitely. it feels With really the good. unofficial mascot being me. Well, there you go. Now we got our own mascot here. We got, what do we call him, Stomper or? There we go. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> but Brandon Santiago, thank you much, my brother. Got none but love for you. Rudy Ortiz, you know I got love for you as well, Likewise, man. man. So uh, RudyOrtiz.com. That's Rudy the Ortiz. website, right? Yeah. Okay, you can go out there and then, uh, what is it, B Santiago, the real B Santiago? Uh, what are you, B what are you? Santiago, ITS B Santiago. It's B Santiago. There it is on Twitter and also on Instagram. Follow my boy, show him a whole lot of love. 
for myself and my son, VZ3, you can always uh, hit us up on the Sports Family Twitter. That's at the Sports Fan. That's F-A-M. And for any podcast and all podcasts and definitely future Three Amigo podcasts. If we even we haven't even used that name in so long. We really there, haven't. So it's though. like, wh- whatever. Rudy, <laughs> Santi, right. and Victor. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I love it. You can always go to the iTunes and go to the podcast section under the Sports Family and also on SoundCloud. And this go ahead and search the Sports Family. We have a whole bunch of them there. And then, of course, as baseball season continues on after the NBA season, and then we have uh, NFL season around the corner, you know, and then, of course, the World Cup. I know, Rudy, you like to talk oh, soccer. Yeah. June 17th, baby, yeah. Mexico versus Germany. Let's yeah. go. Oh. And Basanti. <laughs> I'm already brushing down my rosario on my Bible. <laughs> I'm lighting the candles right now as we speak. <laughs> so we'll have to teach hey, Santi a little bit about soccer. The NFL uh, waiting for a training camp to start. Well, y'all are watching that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll definitely bring a whole bunch of other podcasts as well. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much for the love. My son, VZ, Rudy Ortiz, Brandon Santiago, and yours truly, Big Daddy, Victor Saragossa. We want to thank you so much for listening to the Sports Family Podcast. If you talk sports, you are definitely family with us. We appreciate you. Thank you.